On this episode of Documento, I'm speaking with Vic Salinas on his brand and the force for good he has become through online businesses. Vic, thanks so much for coming on the interview. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be a part of this. Me too. And I just want to jump right into the interview and ask you, what's your story? How did you get into this? Can you explain how you've moved the business model from not just profit, but also purpose? So I'll just start with my story, a little bit of background on me. Um, I was always interested in e-commerce, going through the whole college thing and working in nine to five for a long time. Um, and one day on Twitter, about a year ago, I came across Chris Johnson, um, the guy who owns 17th Watches. And he just like, it, like he expresses that there's so many opportunities out there for everyone and many different opportunities to create a side income for yourself and to kind of separate yourself from the nine to five. I was super interested in that because I'm not one that likes to work for someone else. So I wanted to create my own opportunities. Seeing him, I realized that there is so much market space out there for so many different products. And um, I actually, in December, or no, October of 2018, I created a dropshipping site and it was terrible. It failed miserably. And I think that like a big part of e-commerce is finding something, a product that you're passionate about and can stand behind. I was selling backpacks on a website that took me maybe two hours to throw up really quickly and made a couple hundred dollars in sales. I wasn't passionate about it. So I wasn't waking up early in the morning, going to bed late at night, working on that brand or that site, um, that store. And it failed and it failed miserably. But that was the greatest thing that could happen to me. I realized it's going to take a lot more than just a couple hours here and there to build something, especially if I want to get away from my nine to five. I kind of sat on that for a couple a couple of weeks and then Chris Chris Johnson dropped that he was going to start this new service called the Ridge Market. And I remember that night. Um, well, I guess I can't share too many details because I'm supposed to reveal the story on through my Twitter. Um <laughs> Fair enough. But, but when 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 he did release that he was going to do that, he tweeted about it. I was like, man, this is a great opportunity. This will give me a head start and I want to do it. It's a thousand dollar investment and at the time I wasn't that well off. I didn't have a you know, it's a five hundred dollar down payment. I didn't have five hundred dollars to spend. Um, but I did what I had to do, figured it out, and I took advantage of that and sat around for a couple months. You know, there's a there's quite a process. They the Ridge Market builds you a great brand, and so I was super excited, but I kind of just let it get to the back of my mind. I figured my stuff out, um, you know, working different jobs, whatever I had to do. And then January of this year, 2019 my brand was released and I got the email saying, you know, your brand is ready. Let us know when you're ready to take over. We'll get on the phone call with you. They offer all kinds of great stuff. But so I was excited. And then again, I got my brand and went through the whole process with the Ridge Market of getting my pictures, my sample product, doing a webinar to make sure that I start off on the right foot and um, kind of come out of the gates full steam ahead, you know, and I sat on the brand again. I didn't do anything with it for two weeks. And then one night I went out with some friends. Um, I was actually the designated driver. And I was just looking around, you know, a bunch of people partying and stuff. And I realized, like, this isn't what I want to do anymore. Like, I want to start separating myself from this crowd. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I want to do something bigger, especially for myself. And so the next morning I woke up and just started tweeting. I was like, this is all it takes. Like you have to put stuff out there. People see what you're doing and what you can provide. And you know, those who like it will relate to what you're doing and want to support you. So immediately after a few hours of tweeting and being really active on Twitter, um, I got two sales and 
I can't describe the feeling that you get when you make your first sale in e-commerce or anything really. It's just amazing. And like, like my eyes I, like glazed over and I was just super excited. There was a fire inside of me and I wanted to do nothing more than make sales or build my brand. Even if I'm not making sales, just interacting with people, it was super cool to me. So then I tweet about it. I'm super excited. I made my first sale, you know, blah, blah, blah. 30 minutes later, I get my second sale. And at this point on Twitter, I'm only at 22 followers. Well, I started putting out there, you know, what I'm doing with my brand, how I, how I got it, the entire Ridge Market process. And then overnight, I woke up and I had 96 followers. So Monday morning, I'm at 96 followers. Then, you know, the week goes by, I'm up to 300 followers all of a sudden on Twitter. Now I'm at around 800, I think 820 or something like that. And the followers don't matter, but it's cool to see the growth, um, especially the biggest thing for me is I think that no matter what, you always get out what you put into something. So I've been just grinding, you know, providing value to a ton of people. And it got to a point where people were seeing my success and the Ridge Market was super excited for me um, and taking advantage of, you know, my success and showing people, hey, like Vic is putting in the work, you can too. And that was huge for me because like, yes, I, I had a head start and I'm super happy with where I am, super happy that I invested in the Ridge Market. It's an opportunity for a lot of people that where they might not have a design background or the hardest thing for people is starting the ridge market kind of depletes that, that trouble. You know, once you, once you're started, you just go like momentum will carry you. And obviously you have to put in work and have a lot of discipline, but so that's where I started. Um, I've done really well since I've had quite a few sales on my watches. People are really excited. And then it created an opportunity for me to kind of interact with people one-on-one. -on -one. I had tons of people DMing me, Hey, how are you doing this? What did you do exactly? Blah, blah, blah. And it's different for every single person that I talk to, but for the last two weeks, I've been talking to people on the phone every single night. Like I take two hours out of my night, one hour early morning to talk to people, to schedule phone calls with them and just to help them. Um, and I really do anything from just giving, you know, my story and my background and what I'm doing day to day or helping people on their websites. And I'm not an expert, but I love to look at someone's website and say, Hey, this like would definitely make me purchase your product or this might stir me away. This looks a little bit fishy. You might want to clean that up a little bit. So it's not, it's always nice to have feedback, whether it's positive feedback or critical feedback, you know, but so that's been a super great opportunity for me. And I've really enjoyed being able to do that. As far as my, um, my campaign with the Flint water crisis goes, I have young siblings, you know, and I, I grew up never having to worry about where my, like if my water was clean enough to drink or to bathe in. And Flint is not a thriving a city already. And then they have the trouble of dealing with this. Um, the Flint water crisis started in, I believe it's April, 2014. Basically, uh, the short version of the story is they changed supplies of the water for the city of Flint. And then the new water contained more salt and corroded the pipes and now there's lead in the water which is obviously dangerous and uh their video i mean their videos everywhere but people's water coming out like just as, like a disgusting brown or like a black color just gross like you wouldn't want it i mean you know you definitely don't want to drink it don't want to bathe in it and um you know it's 2019 now it's been five years since the whole thing started 
and I still don't have clean water everywhere. And it's just, I can't imagine, you know, not as a parent, I'm not a parent, but as a parent, not being able to give your children clean drinking water or water to bathe in, you know, like I have, I have little siblings who, you know, wake up and go to school every day and kids are mean, you know, if you if you can't bathe and you're going to school, people are probably going to pick on you and stuff like that. And that's just terrible. And not only that, but just having water to drink, you know, it's, it's, I drink so much water every day. I can't imagine if I didn't have access mm. to that, you know, and, um, you know, the big thing, drink water, drink lots of water. <laughs> people are just pouring out so much value in this interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes a difference seriously, but no. So that's the biggest thing for me. And it, it Flint's a, Flint's a city really close to me. It's about 40, 40 minutes away from where I live. And, um, you know, so it does hit really close to home and it, and, and it hurts my heart to think that there are lots of, I mean, 9,000 children have had to deal with lead poisoning or effects from lead from their water. And that I just, it just baffles me. It makes me sick to my stomach. Vic, you said so many things that we could branch off in this interview. So many things that are, are really helpful for listeners. One is that, you know, when you start to find the thing that works for you, you double down and you give it your all. And you see that the things in your world start to like work together to help you achieve that goal. It's pretty amazing. Right. Like you notice the different friend groups that you want to separate and focus more on your business. You realize that this brand can be used for force for good, which mm-hmm. leads to my next question. You're seeing so many companies today pushing for not just profit, but purpose as well mm-hmm. to help their communities to, to give back in some way. I mean, the rise of B Corps are everywhere today. Things like Guayaquil and Patagonia very popular brands and with good reason. So if you could just elaborate for listeners, how have you used your brand to help the people of Flint, Michigan with this, this condition of poor drinking water? So absolutely. Um, it's a really good question. The biggest thing for me is always to remember that I will always have opportunities. You know, I'm always bettering myself. And so the the money that I, I create for myself for my brand is huge for me and it makes a huge difference in my life. And I'm really excited and really happy to have the support from the people who are purchasing my watches, but I've got it pretty much everywhere. And that's what I want people's main focus to be is like, yes, you get a nice watch, but also you're making a difference in someone else's life. Um, so what I personally do is for every watch that I sell, I donate two cases of water to Flint and I'm driving down and hopefully soon at a greater rate. I'm driving down once every other week um, on Monday. So to, today after our interview, um, I'm actually going to go and head down to Flint and take the water. Um, but so for, for a two week period, um, every watch that I sell goes to or two, generates two cases of water that I donate to Flint. And um, that's super huge. The people down there that I'm working with are super excited about it. And um, I found a good group of people. It's a church in Flint that is, they're donating food and water primarily. But what they do is on Mondays, they deliver their food and, and water to people who might be disabled. Or, you know, there are a lot of cases where grandparents are taking care of grandchildren. and They don't really have time to go pick up the food or water because they're so busy you know, taking care of their grandchildren. So that's super cool. Um, but I try to make sure that I put that everywhere to not only remind myself, but to remind my, the members of my brand and, the, and my customers that this is something bigger than just purchasing a watch. And it's something bigger than me generating income for myself. It's giving back to a community that needs it right now. And I'm in a good place. I still have my nine to five. So um, as far as money goes for me, you know, I'm, I'm doing decently well. 
it's really exciting for me and I feel super blessed to be able to give back to that community and to help in any way that I can. And obviously I want to scale that as large as I can. Last week I, I, I ran a, I ran a sale where uh, for, I think it was, it ended up being an all night sale, but basically every watch that I sold, I donated three cases of water instead of uh, two. And this week I'm at 32 cases of water to take to Flint tonight. So that's definitely going to fill up the back of my car. Um, and I'm really excited to do that. I honestly can't wait to get on the road for that. Absolutely. That's very exciting to hear. And the hope of an interview like this is to spur people to action, to get creative in the way that they conduct their business and, and give back to the community. Because as you said, like there's huge motivation in business can be finding something that's bigger than yourself. And mm -hmm. people will jump on because they think to themselves, okay, I can do something similar. I can also give back. So it kind of creates um, you know, a viral effect of just right. people doing good. It's, it's very yeah. powerful. So imagine what businesses could do if they thought in a similar fashion. Right. And then, and like you said, there are loads of companies starting to hop on board with these sort of campaigns. And I think it's awesome. So the big thing that I've been doing recently is, is talking with people who are interested in the, in the Ridge market. And it's been super cool because people are obviously inspired by my campaign and uh, it makes me super excited. And I want as much support for my campaign, but I also want to support other ones. Um, if I see, I saw a GoFundMe the other day and I, I, you know, I felt like I could help. So I did. And not every, I mean, you don't have to, but when this wave of people starts doing it, it's awesome. And it's great to see. So I was talking with a few people about their brands and I have someone who's setting up a new brand right now is in the works. And her idea is to, um, she has a friend who does like interviews with the, with the homeless in her community. And she wants to create a campaign that where whenever you buy one of her products, it, it creates a care package for this homeless person. And she will do an interview, one-on-one -on -one interview with them and kind of get their story, which is super awesome. Um, and obviously helps them out, you know, giving them either things to bathe with or food or, you know, um, warm clothing and stuff like that. So that's super awesome. And I've, I've seen a few campaigns similar to that and similar to mine um, that people plan on starting when they start their brand. And it's just super cool to see that sort of ripple effect. Absolutely. Vic, I really appreciate your time. And this interview has been extremely insightful for me and hopefully for listeners. So again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's been a good time. All right. We'll keep in touch.